The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. world fans the professional casual network is starting a slow grow campaign in february 2024 the best part is you can participate no matter where you are in the world all you have to do is join our discord and track your army's progress in the slow grow channels we're starting february at 500 points and adding 250 points every month until we reach 2,000 points in august started late not a problem come join us in discord to track your progress get hobby tips and help keep us all accountable throughout this campaign come grow with us in the old world Welcome everybody back to the Beards, Ears, and Skulls. I almost said Steers. I'm I'm so close to screwing that up Steer. one day, let me tell you. Beards, Ears, and Skulls podcast. Uh, the best podcast about Warhammer, the old world that you can find anywhere on the internet. Uh, I am your host, Taylor, here with uh, my co-host, Dan, who is a filthy, filthy knife ear. Sometimes. Sometimes. And uh, Tim. That's, 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 that's me, actually. <laughs> that's you. Tim's a little nasally, uh, so sorry about, you know, the. he sounds more like me today than he does himself, so sorry you have to get two of us today. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you hate Taylor. to see it, Chuck. <laughs> so, uh, episode three, we finally have rules. Yeah! The game is out. It's been out, actually, when you guys see this, for like seven days, but mm. <clears throat> the game released, actually, while Tim and I were at LVO 2024, which was pretty dope because they had it in the merch hall. So we were able to go in and buy our books. And I bought the Tomb Kings uh, a starter army and arcane journals and cards and sleeves. And then I had to ship it all back and it cost a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. did, it, did it cost as much as purchasing it? <laughs> it thankfully, it wasn't quite that bad. But like um, the, the merch booth uh, for GW at LVO was like, if you spent $250, you got like a collectible card. If you spent oh, 400 yeah. you got uh, like a art print. So I got an art print of the um, Leviathan box. Yeah, and it looks dope. It, really it looks does. pretty dope. <clears throat> but it, it also wouldn't fit in the box that I was shipping everything back in from FedEx because there's a FedEx <laughs> right in the in the convention center. So I like, had to get a separate box to ship that. Oh, and I was like, gosh. I don't know if that's worth paying like 20 bucks to ship that back or not. But I had to have a stated value, so I said four hundred dollars, because that's what I had to pay to get it. I paid. Yeah, I had fair. to pay four hundred dollars to get that, that that art print. Sounds well. Cool let's hope it gets lost in the mail. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be dope. But that's that's the bad bit. So my book and um, the models they won't be here for another few days. 
So I'm just yeah, trying I have, to be patient as, while I, anticipating the FedEx tracking to, to get to my house. I haven't read the rules to Tim yet, so he has no idea how any of this works. Literally none, right? <laughs> Taylor's holding my book hostage they picked up for me at LVO. You know what the terms are. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that was great yes ending. <clears throat> So yeah, it's um it's been pretty fantastic finally being me finally being able to read this book. I'm really sorry guys, but uh, you know, I just get to talk about how wonderful this game is for the rest of the hour. <laughs> well, you guys been... can just you'll just have to believe me. What's that? He's sitting on two books right now, by the way. Is. I can <laughs> tell the way he's wobbling. Well, I was gonna say I've been consuming so much content about this. The legacy PDFs dropped. I've been reading the yeah. crap out of those, especially for like the armies I have access to with models. Because we've been talking about stuff, we've been texting, and I was like, oh, I forgot I have demons, too. That'll Yeah, be remember easy. the 17 armies Dan realized he had yet <laughs> last episode? He found two more. Right? So. Uh, it was great. Uh, so I've been going through stuff and, like, re-cataloging like, and figuring out just what I have, and it's been awesome. It, it's been a blast from the past. It's been so much fun already, and we haven't even rolled any dice yet. Cool. I got, uh, isn't it? Finished my Frostheart Phoenix, got it um, oh, I it like table ready finally after like 15 years of it sitting like base coated, <laughs> and uh, I got the base done. My my son broke the flying stand off it again. Well, I broke it before and glued it in, and now it broke again. So finally, uh, as, as soon as I took those pictures this morning and shared it in the Discord, it, it broke a third time, and I was like, "That's it! I'm done gluing it. We're gonna magnetize it." So I got the magnets all set this afternoon and picked picked up my son from school, came back, and I was like, all right, buddy, you ready for the moment of truth? And he's like, what? Well, I want to see if these magnets work, if it holds up this phoenix. And then I went to put it to it, and somehow the magnets got flipped, and I had to take one of the magnets <laughs> off and redo it. And I was like, come on! So I haven't tested it yet. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an adventure already. <laughs> Oh, but uh, so I, I was going to say, isn't it wonderful? I took all the dwarves out. I, there's a video coming up on our YouTube here pretty quickly. So uh, check that out where you can see all of my dwarves. Dan, you released a video. You're high elves, didn't you? I put some pictures up. Oh, that's right. You put some pictures up. That's right. So, yeah, I'm going to have a video of, of all of the dwarves that I have and what I'm probably going to use in an a, a eventual slow grow campaign that we're going to do. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Check out the YouTube in the description. If you can't find the description, that's that's okay. Like, I, I don't want to hold your hand or anything unless, you know, you want to hold my hand and it's nice and soft. But you can just go to professionalcasual.com where you can find all of our stuff, <clears throat> like uh, our YouTube and our TikToks and our this and our that's and everything's on there. We actually have a lot of this and or that's. It's true. Well. You don't have to have both at the same time, I guess, like if you're not super hungry. This or that, a podcast coming to you soon. <laughs> Just, just add another yeah. one you know well, taylor and taylor da -da. so one of the other things that you can probably find on our website is our patreon mm -hmm. and i don't have the list in front of me of all of our absolutely wonderful top tier patrons i think dan might have it with him because uh we are remote today but uh dan do you mind reading off all these beautiful beautiful names of these top tier patrons who help us do what we do every single day i don't mind at all we got our king ding doppeldongers at our highest tier that get all kinds of stuff like playing games with us twice a year we've got Paxis and rob iron maze and tau and our professional cake sitters of uh dagna cider drinker tony hot hands otis leroy Wizard Skills, Bicon, Briar Mage, and Cliff Jumper. 
We got to, at time of recording, we got to meet Cliff Jumper and hang out with him quite a bit at LVO. And he commentated a little bit on the MCP stream. That was super dope. Ah, I was jealous. And X-Pax. We spent a lot of time with X-Pax. Yeah, we did. For sure. Both of them. Absolutely incredible human beings. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see them at Adapticon. Hell yeah. Which Dan's going to, right? Yup. Cole Daniels. Cole Daniels. Cole Daniels doesn't have to. (laughs) Cole Daniels doesn't have to appear because I got uh, like confirmation today that my personal days have been approved for that heck yeah hell yeah Woo. <clears throat> well cole daniels uh and dan coyles let's jump right Coyles. into your fa- <laughs> your favorite rules that you've seen so far in this beautiful old world setting oh man so i was focusing today reading um the special rules because there's a whole bunch of new ones and a lot of them have changed um i don't want to go too much into just the changes but um, things that really stood out to me, I made a bit of a list of, uh, because they're listed alphabetically, that's the way I'm going to go through them real quick. The first one, of course, is Ambush, which is just straight up better, which I love because my Beastmen get to use that. And it pops up here and there with a bunch of other things like uh, Ogre King's Gorgers can get yeah. it. Um, of course, like Gutter Runners and Skaven and whatnot. Um We'll talk a little bit more uh, real, about how you can get more ambush in that list as well. Now, real quick, uh, Tim, Gorgers uh, were runts of ogres, right? They're just born super tiny. And as a as an ogre, you have to be big. You got to be huge or else you die, right? Right. So what they do is they take the runts and they throw them into a cave. Yeah, Dan's got one. Uh, he's got a mini right there. They throw them into a cave, so they're super malnourished. They cannot stand the light of day. It like a lot of them just bandage their eyes because they can't stand the sun. Okay, and they're just so hungry all the time. So, so that seems like like in first grade, our, we did an experiment in uh, for like plants. Where, like, you put some by the sun, and then you'd put one in the closet, and the one in the closet would grow up, like, super pale, but it would grow, like, super fast, because there'd be, like, a tiny crack in the closet that it was in that it was trying to reach for. <laughs> yeah. So it would grow significantly faster in the closet, but it would be pale and, and sickly and weak, and also scared of the sun. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> nail on the head. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> so they, they get, like... Uh, They'll open caves where they know gorgers are when they go off to war, and the gorgers will sniff out the blood that they that they spill during the war or during yeah, the battle. Kind of the gorgers follow will... along. Yeah, it's super cool. It's kind of rad. Yeah, they're... yeah. Oh, I love gorgers. They're so cool. Um, but they can get. I forget if they have ambush or they can get ambush. Uh, I'll I'll find that in just a second since it's on the free PDF. Um, yeah, we can double check that. I think they're still unbreakable too. And. Um, Ambush is super dope where you can... You know, they just have Ambush straight up and Unbreakable. They lost Killing Blow, though. Nope, they get Killing Blow with their jaw attack. Uh, but So Ambush is really cool. You don't deploy the unit at the start of the game. At the start of your... I think you roll for it in the strategy phase. Um, and turns after the first, you roll for each unit that you have in reserve for Ambush. And on a four-up, they can like move on to the table from any table edge they just can't uh be within 12 inches of an enemy model so they're really great for coming in behind enemy lines and like attacking war machines and whatnot um super super cool what makes it a little bit better than it used to be is that if your ambushing unit doesn't turn up by the end of by turn five it shows up automatically 
So if you yeah, just kind of roll that four up, you will get them on the table. It used to be that if they didn't show up by turn five, they just were like lost and you lost the whole unit. Coming in from behind is honestly probably one of my favorite parts of anything, let alone a game. Especially a Roth IRA. For real. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me started. They got me started at the after party at LVO about uh, Roth IRAs and backdoor Roths. And I like, I was going ham. <laughs> Naturally naturally but yeah ambush is just better and there's so many ways to get it on so many unique things uh miners dwarf miners have a sort of weird ambushy type rule yeah so um, with how long lived dwarves are would a miner that's a dwarf no. be like under 50 <laughs> instead of 21 or like how does that work i mean the thing with dwarves i think they're all miners aren't they that, by trade that's a stereotype sir <laughs> yeah and i'm a dwarf so i can say it oh fair <laughs> You're not I a don't dwarf, think you're a dwarf player. I I, yeah, I don't think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's cultural appropriation. <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. I am, I am like six feet tall. So. <laughs> uh, the next note I had were breath weapons can be used every round instead of once a game like it was in 8th edition, which yeah, is Yeah, breath nice. weapons? Yes, but you can't use it in combat. Which I'm fine mm. with. Which um, makes so like a bit of a trade-off there you can use it every turn but you can't in combat like you used to um so breath weapons pretty straightforward you put the the flame template down and it works like anything else if they're totally covered they get hit if they're partially covered they get hit on a four plus and then whatever the rules are for that particular thing like the dragons in high elves their strength four ap1 so that's something that I like, which is a change from 8th to this, is it's no longer, if you're under the template or all you're hit, it's now, if you're fully under a template, you are hit, and if you're partially under, it's a 4-up, which I think is a 6th or 7th edition rule. Yeah, it's definitely which, a blast from the past. I'm, I'm a-okay with, for sure. Same. Don't mind it at uh, all. Yep. So uh, templates and stuff are something that I've never used in a Warhammer game before. So like what what's kind of the, the premise there? So I've seen the big round one and that's like kind of for explosions. When you measure stuff with those, like is it do you center it on like units and everything in it? Do you have to be fully within? Like what's kind of the, the deal? Yeah, that's there? a great question. Believe... And it depends on what you're doing. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like so... typically it has to be centered on a model. But it yeah, some spells get placed on the battlefield with the templates um like a flame template like for breath weapons you just like have the narrow it's like teardrop shaped right the narrow end has to be touching your model um and you can kind of position it wherever from there so there's there's not like one hard answer for that Bunch yeah of soft so gotcha so so it's kind throwers, of by, by spell or by whatever it is yep exactly so for example all stone throwers you place the template in the middle of the target unit Oh, right? okay. So it used to be you can just place the center of the template wherever you want, and now it's it has to be in the middle of the target unit. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> that. That's yep. cool. And which is that, which is great. And that hole in the middle of the template sometimes works differently, like with a stone thrower. Any model directly, or I think it's a model directly under the hole gets hit harder because it's like the the actual rock of the stone thrower hits that person so they get hit like strength eight or six or something and everybody else under the template gets like a a lesser strength hit because it's supposed to be like the rock exploding and everybody getting hit with shrapnel so like i never really considered shrapnel to be something that was rock based i always assumed it was like you know flechettes or, or something that's metal but 
would you consider rock shrapnel also something that could splinter? Like you could get like little rock splinters in your in your hands, and that's why. I mean, it if you're damage? throwing it sure. with enough force, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've there's been cases where tornadoes uh, have thrown a straw through a light pole, so yeah <laughs> you guys have seen that king of the hill episode right where they talk about the egg or whatever going through a tree during a hurricane so bobby yeah. throws one try into the hurricane and it oh goes right God. back into his face it's so oh, it's understated so i laughed so hard at that, that I was gonna pee my pants. there's so much slapstick it's humor so in that good. show so good uh so the next one i have is close open skirmish orders uh what i think is a really cool change in addition not so yes. much skirmish but closed close closed and open <laughs> why can't i say that um i kept trying to read it as close um yeah closed order and open order which get like uh you different benefits for that and uh i love this idea where if you're in closed order you get more of your rank bonus in combat. I forget what the benefit is for open order because you get fewer ranks in combat for combat bon re uh, resolution. I think you get a free, <clears throat> like a free reform or something. Let me check the book if I can find it. Oh, because you yeah. have the, the actual physical book, huh? Dan, where'd I put your book? I don't oh, know. physical book. I think you're forgetting that he has two physical books right now. Yeah, it's weird how I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> he has one for reading in the bathroom and he has one for reading in the half bathroom yeah Ooh. i only read the high elf portion while i'm in the bathroom hopefully something <laughs> splattered on it you know uh, while you're looking for that um i, I want to say i feel like we're going to need like tokens or use like dice next to the units that can change what formation they're in um mm. because not every unit has that it's listed in their special rules which uh order they can take um so having tokens for that I think is going to be helpful. Um, so maybe people like Baron or Dice or somebody will be making that kind of stuff. We can. So he actually already has. Mm -hmm. Of course, he he has. he's on top of it, man. He is on top of everything, dude. I love that guy. Baron or Dice. <clears throat> All right. Open order formation. Oh, you can uh, use code Arachne at checkout at baronofdice.com as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. A-R-A-C-H-N-E. I-O-U-S-E. Mickey Mouse. Do-do-do. Is now freed. <clears throat> All right, so open order resembles close order. Uh, the key difference lie in how it moves and interacts with terrain. Um, so they, they look exactly the same as, as close order. Uh, so they're highly re uh, maneuverable, not removable. Uh, they can do a quick turn. After moving, unless it charged, marched, or fled, uh, they can pivot about its center to change its facing. So essentially, they get like a fast cav reform, free reform. Okay, dope. They get the fast calf pivot, pivot, excuse me. Uh, units in open order do not become disrupted by difficult or dangerous terrain. And it's also important with the unit shape. So obviously, uh, that's, I think that's in that. Um, oh, yeah, they can be in combat order or a marching column, just like uh, close order and open order. Uh, do do. And I think that's it. Yeah, so they still get a rank bonus when they're in combat order. What is a rank bonus? So, uh, so with, yeah, go ahead, Dan. I so say after you uh, fight combat, you roll your hits and wounds and everything, and everybody's gone at their initiative. Um, at the end, you have to tally up who won the combat. Um, it's not based solely on how many wounds you do, although that's very important. Uh, you get a point for every unsaved wound that you cause in the enemy unit. 
You can claim rank bonuses uh, for ranks you have after the first, and depending on um, what type of unit it is and what formation it's in, you can get uh, one or two rank bonus. Once in a while, you can get up. I think there are some ways you can get a, a plus three rank bonus. Horde. Um, yeah, that's it. Horde gives you plus one there. Um, or you can count plus one. You don't automatically get it. You have to have another rank. Um, and depending on what unit type you are, uh, you can, it's either four or five models typically, You're down to three even for monstrous infantry. But you add up all these things, things like standards uh, in the unit or, or a battle standard. Um, having, whether or not you have the high ground. High ground or whether you're in the enemy unit's flank or rear arcs uh, give you bonuses as well. Um, and then you tally it up and whoever has more combat res points, uh, combat resolution points, is the winner and the loser has to make a break test. Gotcha. Okay. So the, the whole leadership and breaking thing happens, could happen on either side. So like if I flank yes. and I charge and I do poorly, um, I could potentially lose people to morale. Yeah. So you don't oh, just yeah. lose people. Um, you can uh, break from combat. You can flee and the other uh, unit can chase you down. Uh, most of the time it'll end in falling back in good order. Um, where you, I think this is, I, I might have to correct the, the particular wording of it. Um, but I know there's one where you just move back two inches and then the other unit has a choice. They can follow up and stay in combat with you. Follow the goes those two inches as well, or they can test to restrain. So like if that happens on your opponent's turn and they push back, you probably want to restrain in your turn. So then you could charge in. Yeah, gotcha. so the two the two there are give ground, which is the two inch move directly it, away from the ground. enemy. Yep, and then the fallback in good order. Uh, <clears throat> they're beating a hasty retreat, uh, but they've not lost all their courage, um, so they fall back exactly like a fleeing unit. Um, they roll two d six, discard the lotus lowest, excuse me, um, and then <clears throat> excuse me, they automatically rally at the end of its flee move. Okay. Yep. So they they run away, but then they automatically rally. I think, and I I didn't actually uh, read into this enough, but I'm pretty sure there's a way that the attacker can then declare a charge again, as far as far as I'm aware. But I, I can't remember exactly how that works. It might be that they have to do that uh, during their turn. So yeah, after you flee, you immediately rally. You get a free reform, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Combat resolution is like after movement is like the next most important part. Uh, making sure you get combat resolution points because you can't, oh, you know, as you well know, Tim, you can't rely on destroying enemy models because you might just roll crappy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and charging is a yeah, big correct. Deal. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so I think poison is going to be one of your favorite special rules. What does poison do? Poison is when you roll a six to hit. It, the attack wounds automatically. You don't have to then roll to wound. Oh, hell yeah. All it's, right. That's yeah, poison so, seems dope. Nope. It's that's been my favorite right special rule like forever. I love poison so much. Yeah, it's the worst. It <laughs> just saves that roll attack. more dice? Yeah, that seems stellar. That's my favorite <laughs> superpower. Yeah, I cannot wait to get a bunch of Nurgle stuff on the table and just... Oh, Nurgle's yucky, though. Yeah, it's poison. All their attacks are poisoned. I found Does, does sweet... anyone else have poison? I don't want to play yucky Nurgle. Yes, They're yucky. Skaven. Yeah, what, oh, I'll play Skaven. You gotta be Skaven well, there's a little bit of poison in Skaven, not a ton, but like uh, every Nurgle unit has poison. 
Yeah, but we don't have any of the Eshin models yet. <laughs> At the moment. That's the keyword. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, What's an Eshin with you? <laughs> I found a really sweet combo wombo with demons um, to, like, really make Plague Bearers gross. Because uh, they always oh. they have a, like mechanically gross they got um poison attacks on all their attacks right so six is to hit auto wound um if you take what is it if you upgrade um a herald to be a spoil pox shrivener which is great I, they included that in the sloppity bio piper so like if you have those models um you can use them in old in the old world Put a yeah. spoil box shrivener alert in the in the description just in case anyone didn't want that to be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this allows you to uh says friendly units with the demons of Nurgle special rule may reroll any hit rolls of one within the model's command range, so it could affect multiple yeah. units. And then if you also make him your locust and give him the standard of seeping decay, then they'll also reroll failed uh to wound rolls of one. Wow. I don't know how I feel about a standard of seeping decay. That's a, that's a graphic term. What about the icon of eternal virulence? That's fine. It's it's not seeping. I don't know, man. How about the banner of beards? Also seems pretty dope. Once again, not seeping. No, is that a I don't dark like elf that at all. totem? <laughs> Actually, I think it is. <laughs> I do think it is. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to get a whole bunch of rerolls on, on plague bearers and stuff. That sounds great. Yeah, it's either Dark Elf, Skaven, or Orcs and Goblins. Which, by the way, real quick, Orcs and Goblins are the new faction. They're the next one. Yeah. Which, mm. Uh, mm. they look beautiful. They are really, they're they're new character models. Oh, oh, oh. The, the so troll good. caller, so dope. The, 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 the tip back to the old boys and the old era boys, so good. <sighs> they're doing it right, people. It looks fantastic. Uh, the next special rule I wanted to point out is brand new Furious Charge. As like yeah. a universal special rule, um, you get plus one attack as long as you charge three inches or more. Which is dope. Oh, yes. Yeah. Please. Yep. So good. Uh, yep. They reduced a lot of the units that in 8th edition had two attacks. Uh, most, or if not all of them, have bumped back down to one because they're trying to... They want this one to feel a little more, not quite as high fantasy as 8th edition was. So things are not quite as over the top as it used to be so like my sword masters are back to one attack makes me sad i get it they were too good they were too good it was so bad um so like a lot of corn Uh, stuff has furious charge what's that tim have the additions of of warhammer fantasy battles have have they changed as far as like fantasy if eighth was really high fantasy were there were there others that were a little bit more grungy yeah i would say so eighth edition it it got a bit over the top where like it really suffered from new book, best book, where yep. there was a ton of power creep. So things mm. just kept getting better and better. So like you had units, you know, a lot of things were like elite infantry were all gaining two attacks. So you were just wiping out models like crazy, um, which wasn't a terrible thing, but it, it really pushed the game turned into who can field the biggest unit and roll dice better. Yep unfortunately and i think this game from what i've seen so far is doing a really good job of not playing that way i mean for goodness sake i had a unit of a hundred night goblins once you know what i mean yeah and and that didn't even it didn't even fill my whole core it was it was so broken and dumb yeah i used to field units of like 50 high elf spearmen because i could get 40 attacks 
And right now I'm making a 750 point dwarf list. And I'm like, I'm only going to put 15 models on the table. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And per unit, which is nothing. But there's so little amount of attacks now and armor matters so much that like yeah. your minis are going to last a long time. Yeah. You're not going to which... have units wiped easily. Yep. Which I'm a-okay with. Same. Yeah. Like you, you're going to put the time in to build and paint these models or someone else will put the time in to build and paint your models. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Thank, you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yep. I don't know if you feel included, you know? Um, so like, <laughs> I like the idea they're going to stay on the, the table longer. Like just the fact that cannons and things do D three or D three plus one wounds instead of D six. Yeah. You know, my, the frost heart Phoenix, I just, you know, spent time finishing is not going to get blown off the table before I get a turn. Or at least in one you're going to have to do know? a lot more to do. Like, you, maybe multiple cannons could do it, but still. Yep. Yeah. Super fantastic. Armor mattering again. I'm super excited for. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very dwarves. excited about that. Yeah, I can have a toughness. Do all dwarves have block <laughs> in this? Like in Blood Bowl? More or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay, so ready? Uh, toughness 10 Dwarf Lord on a shield, so no. he's got six wounds. No, no, and... not in this edition, right? Yep, yes, what? absolutely. A three-up armor save, re-rolling ones. <laughs> That's stupid. No, sixes don't auto-wound anymore. Nope. <laughs> they do in some cases, but not not universally. How are you toughness 10? I don't, it's a 100%. No, I don't even want to know. We'll cover that in our dwarf episode. <laughs> Dan's not going to show up for that one. Oh, no, I will, just so I know what I'm going up against. Here's the good news. I don't think I can put runes on uh, uh, organ gun anymore. Yeah, but how much does that Lord cost? Whatever organ oh, gun. A lot. <laughs> a lot. If they're slow, just ignore them. <laughs> They'll never catch up. I'm just going to be marching order right straight to your front lines. <laughs> hey, so in, in general... The other editions of, uh, of of Warhammer, um, what is the general victory condition? Are there objectives on the map that you're supposed to control, or is it more of a you score points kind of based on, on performs and fights? Uh, so usually it is based on how many, usually, again, it's based on how many models you've killed versus how many of your opponent's models you killed. I'm pretty sure... Uh, and oh, it's really? points. It's points. How many points you've killed versus how many points your opponent has killed. I'm pretty sure that's still the the win condition for most, like the the pitched battle essentially. Uh, there are mm-hmm. some other ones where it helps you get points. Uh, for example, <clears throat> there was this uh, uh, this game. It was called the Watchtower. Was Ugh. the scenario? Everybody yeah. hated Watchtower. So in eighth edition, the Watchtower was if you control the Watchtower, if you have a unit in the Watchtower at the end of the game, you won. Period. Done. It was really broken okay. for armies like dwarves, where I have 30 dwarf warriors with a three-up armor save and a five-plus ward save that you just can't break out of that tower. You know what I mean? So the Watchtower still quasi-exists. It's just now if you control it, you get 200 additional VPs instead of just flat winning. Right, which makes so much more sense. Yep. Uh, uh, there wait, 200 s- additional VPs? 200 additional victory points. We play MCP to six. <laughs> to 16. There's like 30 games of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Just you're one bonus. Right. You're right. So you're like, if you're playing a 2,000 point game, you're probably, well, in the past, you would be scoring about 1,000 points or maybe a little bit more because you get points for the units you destroyed or fled off the table, right? They say fled or dead. Um, so here, 200 points is not really that much. 
potentially, but have... it can be game changing. Yep. They also have um, uh, 25% unit strength, I believe you get, you get points something. for that as well. Also, yep. if you capture your enemy's uh, standards, you can get points for. Yep. And I believe that still works the same if, if somebody flees or it might be fallback in good order. You, yeah, you, essentially have, can. you have to pursue them. Yeah, I don't think fallback in good order. I think they have to fully flee. Uh, but that was one of my notes that um, a big change used to be that if your uh, unit fled from battle, they your standard was just gone. You lost the standard. You lost the model carrying the standard as well, yeah. which like and you know your hundred unit of night goblins wasn't a big deal because that night goblin cost like 10 points because it had a standard but your you know iron gut ogre that cost 45 points is gone because the unit fled uh i thought was a really bad rule and now it's just you lose the banner but not the whole model yeah which is nice uh which means that all i'm gonna do is magnetize everything because you know i am with magnets just gonna magnetize the. i also really like magnets I don't know how they work. Nobody does. Um, miracles, probably. Nobody yeah. knows how they work. Uh, let's see. Fleeing at the end of the battle is worth... Okay, so if a unit is dead, completely off the fled off the board, or has been destroyed, you get 100% of its point cost. Um, <clears throat> each enemy unit that is fleeing at the end of the battle is worth 50% of its points cost. Rounded up. Which is a fantastic change. Um... Each enemy unit that has been reduced to less than 25% of its starting unit uh, is worth 25% of its points cost, which I think is fantastic as well. Um, you kill the general, you get another 100 victory points. Uh, each banner is worth 50. Do, 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 do. Uh, BSB is worth an additional 50. Some scenarios like the watchtower give you extras, and then some special features. Um, there are other scenarios as well, Tim. There is one, and I think it's still in here, which I'm super excited about because I actually really love this scenario a lot, uh, that deals with... Is it King points. of the Hill? Oh, okay. Mm, no, I don't think there's a King <laughs> of the Hill. So actually, I think there's a King of the Hill one in one of the forces, or not the forces of fantasy, one like either the Bretonian or the Tomb King one. I think there's a King of the Hill scenario. Um, which I have that so book. I, I know too. Dan laughed. That, oddly enough, wasn't a joke. I, just, just I thought it like was... A, yeah, I thought you were referencing uh, the show yeah, again. Oh, <laughs> nope. Nope. I wish nope. I was that smart. Uh, I mean, really King of the funny. Hill is kind of the kind of the lonely tower, right? The watchtower. Oh, um, yeah, that's probably fair. All right. I don't mind the there... watchtower being back, being toned down. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Victory. Victory. Uh, yeah. So there is kind of yeah. there's one in here. It's called the dark monolith where there's a special feature in the middle of the board. You could just have it be a mountain. Your... Heroic last stand. I heard a monolith one LVO. Uh, that's also what I've heard. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Anyways, one of my favorite uh, that they brought back from 8th edition is Breakpoint, where you essentially, um, all armies have a breaking point. It's Ooh. 25% of the total unit strength of the army. The total unit strength of the army at the start of the game. Um, add together the unit strength of every unit in your muster list and divide the total by four. That's how you get 25%. Uh, with each model removed from play as a casualty, and with each unit destroyed, an army approaches a breaking point. If during the start of any uh, start of turn subphase, the remaining unit strength of either army has fallen below its breaking point, below 25%, army has broken, the game ends, and uh, the other person wins. 
Uh, that's so they changed that. Much improved. Correct, because it used to be you have like four banners, and a general. You, know, you break, you break when you have two banners. Okay, good job, bye. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I didn't like that one because it could end suddenly. Oh, I have a unit yeah, with so a standard and a lot about banners. Done. What 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 are bearers and what do they do? These are like flag carriers. Yes, like they're carrying yeah. the banner of the. So most units uh, can have a banner bearer. Uh, so there's called command groups, right? Most units can have a champion, a banner bearer, and uh, or standard bearer, and a musician. And standards banners are super important. Um, they give you plus one combat resolution, um, and then they're, they're like I said, they're worth victory points to the enemy if you if they chase down a unit and take their banner, which is cool, and they look oh. awesome. A lot of the time as well, depending on the unit itself, you can take magical banners yeah. and give you a bunch of pluses, right? So one of them is uh, the Razor Standard, which gives you an additional armor pierce. Two. Which, yeah, for the for the entire okay. unit, right? So you can have hand weapons and go through two points of armor just because you have like a 45-point magic banner or whatever it is. That sounds pretty dope. Yeah, yeah it's super Standards cool. are awesome. Um, yes. So I was going to say... A little bit more with charging things that I've noticed. Yes. Um, impetuous is a universal special rule now. It used to be just for uh, Knights of the Realm in Bretonia. Yeah, describe that one to me. What is that? So Impetuous is like Frenzy, You except you don't get additional attacks. Uh, so if you are able to make a charge, you roll a d6. On a 1 to 3, you have to declare a charge. On a 4+, plus, you can act as normal. Oh, so that mm. has that is what changed. Um, orcs and goblins no longer have uh, animosity. They have that. The entire army has that. Okay, that's yeah. not terrible. Nope. that's super dope. So it's it can I mean it's one of those things we talk a lot about how the the movement phase is so important, and this takes away potentially takes away choice. It's often used. So what I've seen it so far, it's kind of like a way to balance some things that are really strong, like. Uh, dragons and high elves all have this. If you are an elven prince riding a dragon, you become impetuous because the dragon wants to go and kill stuff, and even an elven prince doesn't isn't always able to control it, right? Their Pokemon might not be listening because it's too high of a level for them. You mean their pal? Yeah, no. Um, there. <laughs> so, like the unit dragon princes also have this, which is interesting. Yeah, cause because they're haughty they're, elves. They're super good, but it's only a negative, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no benefit to it. It's not like, okay, if you charge, then you get there's just nothing else to it. You just you have to charge on a on a one through three if you can. Yep. And Most things about elves are negative, personally. I would agree. Wow, yeah. you guys are mean today. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said that last time too. Well, uh, yeah. Impact hits are changing. I'm not a negative. Bit. I'm COVID positive. It's different. Stop. Stop. <laughs> um, I know where that's from. We're not going to use the rest of it. Oh, no. Uh, impact hits aren't... Like, if you have impact hits, it'll tell you how many you get um, in that unit's rules. Yeah. But you have to charge at least three inches to get impact hits. Which is a great change. So, like, they put that in there, and that, and what was the other one I said that had that? Um, a furious charge as well. So that's yep. like if you get them to fall back and they go those two inches and then you charge them your next turn, you can't get impact hits, you can't get furious charge and whatnot. And it's like you don't get enough momentum to really back up those special rules when they're only two inches away. Yep, and it makes a ton of sense. You got to get that momentum behind you. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking of bull charge here, ogre charge. 
um, <clears throat> which yeah. is a which is a rule. That's and huge. they wait. There's huge. a there's a rule called ogre charge. Yes. So it's almost so all ogres, like like not not like a pun about something, but your Shrek, but it's actually called ogre. Yes. Yes. So every ogre that makes contact it. in the fighting rank with, I'm pretty sure this is how this works. Every ogre that makes contact in their fighting rank with the enemy unit gets an impact hit. Every single one of them. They also have bull charge. And I think it's still, I don't quote me on this folks. I, I'm going to have to look this up. I'm every single there. mini. Yeah. Every single mini or rank behind the first adds a strength to the charm, to the impact. So they hit. change it a little bit. Oh, did they? Okay, go uh, ahead. So Ogre Charge uh, says the armor-piercing characteristic of any impact hits caused by a model with a special rule but not its mount is improved by the current rank bonus of its unit. Cool, so they get more armor-piercing. Right, so instead of increasing the strength, it increases their armor-piercing. Oh, I like um, that a lot So, more. like, they just have the special rule impact hits, you know? Yep. Um, almost all Ogres, like, so, even a Fire I Valley. think a, a Tyrant has impact hits, like, two or three, by the way. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty incredible impact hits two yep yeah yeah and then so, bull charge some things have impact it's called this model have an armor piercing characteristic of minus one so those that would have bull charge get a addition they start with minus one and then any ranks behind them will can increase that to where they're just, they they run up and they belly bounce you with their gut plate and it doesn't matter if you have armor they're gonna squish you yep I friggin' love ogres. I'm so glad you have a friggin' painted army of these guys. Yeah, okay, it's a special rule that like allows them to get more on on their attack on a charge. So when they charge, they ch they're so big and fat and tall that they yeah. actually their their charge causes wounds, and the more rank bonus you have, um, the more armor piercing it has. It's awesome. So it looks like only tyrants. Okay. And bruisers have bull charge. I'm not seeing it anywhere gotcha. else. But so, uh -huh. so they're, I mean, they're the big leaders. Like they're leaders because they're the biggest and the strongest. They're yeah. going to hit you the hardest when you, tr when you charge in. So yeah, impact hits, I guess, should add. Uh, so they're like, in addition to your attacks, they happen in initiative 10 um, and they just hit, right? So you just go right to the wound. Yep. So what that means is anyone who strikes first will hit at the same time as impact hits. Impact hits are gotcha. super good. Yep. I love impact hits. And then you're going to love them too, Tim, because they automatically hit. You don't have to roll damage. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to roll the hit. You just oh, roll dope. Yeah. Yep. Impact <laughs> hits seem like the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Yep, Tim, so... let me tell you about this army called Ogres. <laughs> <laughs> so they always strike a dish of 10 hit automatically using unmodified strength characteristic of the model. So like those Ogre Tyrants are hitting you with two strength five hits before you get to act. Almost certainly. <laughs> as long as you charge so, three. All right. Yeah, as long as you yep. charge three inches. And they're still movement six, aren't they, ogres? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll double good. check, but yeah, pretty sure. Seven uh, yes. and a half foot yep. tall, fat boys. Movement six. Uh, ogre tyrants are disgustingly good. They're disgustingly oh, good. Yeah, like a snapping turtle. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, Monster Slayer. Let's go to the next one, which I love. Whew. Monster Slayer Mainly... back. It's so it's so good. <laughs> so this is a killing blow for monsters. If you roll a six to wound, it's dead. I can't, I can't use um, armor saves armor. or regeneration. Can use a ward save, uh, but it doesn't work on behemoths. So monsters now have two categories. They're either monstrous creatures or behemoths, which are even bigger. So like this isn't going to work on a dragon. It's not going to work on a hell pit abomination. Um, the biggest and baddest monsters, uh, it's it doesn't affect them. 
monster it slayer. can be you know it can be worth 200 points to chop yeah. this thing's head off absolutely is your is your phoenix a behemoth the phoenix is not dragons are oh that's cool i like that um double checking ogre stuff like uh the thunder tusk or stone horns are behemoths so uh i have these cool really really cool things they're called uh slayers and I'm uh so scared of what you're gonna say <laughs> demon and dragon slayers have these cool rules they're called slayer of dragons and slayer of demons right um so slayer of demons uh they always wound on a four plus all the time regardless of toughness which is uh good now. it's dope it's so, uh, all slayers all slayers always wound, wound on a four plus yeah uh which is great uh each unsaved wound inflicted by this character against uh something that has warp spawn which is mainly a demon or the troop type of behemoth is multiple wounds d3 <laughs> so i don't need monster slayer that's so good i just do d3 wounds all the time so the the dragon one is just um if you have behemoth I wait so what slayer. did the monster slayer rule do monster slayer is if you roll a six to wound yes against a monster it's dead no armor no it's regen just dead only ward saves are allowed yep Oh, wow. Yeah, All right. so it says, if an enemy model whose troop type is monster suffers an unsaved wound from a monster slaying blow, it loses all of its remaining wounds. So what are some examples of units that would be considered monsters? <laughs> so where did I find... Oh, units that are considered monsters. Got it. I thought you were going to say units that have this monster slayer rule. <laughs> well, I'm trying to see, where did I see it doesn't work on behemoths? So in the actual special rule, it doesn't say behemoth it says monster and those are two different troop types uh tim give me I, just okay i thought monster was the true uh, so there's like infantry and you have you know uh whatever and heavy infantry you have chariots you have light chariots and and heavy chariots i thought it was monster monstrous creature and behemoths no i'm pretty sure monster is just a a, a troop type i'm fairly certain I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. I got to check. So I'm going to uh, look at like the unit type rules because I know there was something there because I put it in my notes. And I'm trying to figure out where I saw that part of it. Oh, that's a great call because um, griffins are a monstrous creature, whereas an imperial griffin is a behemoth. Yeah, because that, that one had a way bigger model. Correct. So it might be that like a monstrous creature is a monster. So maybe the troop type monstrous creature says monster. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, a griffin, Tim, um, probably like a like a great eagle, I would imagine, is monstrous, considered monstrous. Um, uh, Dan's phoenix, by the sounds. A hippogriff. So anything you would consider, ah, it's a monster, right? So, like, in the Undead Boys, like, for the Tomb King, so the big, like, uh, snakes, this, uh, the bony serpents, would those be considered a monster? Those would be or a monstrous more of a cavalry. Monsters calves. So I'm not sure if they would count uh, for so this like particular thing. So, like, the new zombie dragon would be a monster. I'm not sure if it's a behemoth or not, but... Yeah, very well could be. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we don't have the uh, the Evil Dudes book yet. Um. But yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, so on for unit types, there's monsters, monstrous creatures, behemoths. Um, so maybe it's under the behemoth rule then. 
Yeah, I didn't see that there. Yeah, it's something we'll have to look up. Or maybe I just misread it when it said monster, I thought it said monstrous creature. Right, because I'm looking at these other things and I don't see the keyword monster anywhere unless I'm just re- reading it too quickly. You know what I mean? So that's something we, maybe maybe we'll have to look it up again or maybe we'll get some FAQ on it if it's not super clear. Um, reserve move. Very cool addition. I like this a lot. Uh, you can move in the shooting phase. Yeah, that super is dope. crazy good. Super, super dope. And I think it's I'm going to reserve my movement I'm not going to move in the movement phase. I'm going to, I think, shoot and then shoot and then move. Is that right, Dan? Is that is that what you had read? Because I, I haven't read this one yet. I just heard about it. Wait, say um, that again. So you decide you're not going to move in the movement phase. You shoot and then you move. I don't think it's like exclusive. Oh, so I can move and then shoot? Um, I think let me double check it. Uh, I forget exactly how it's worded. I was like, oh, where is it? I can't find it. There it is. All right. Unless it's charged, marched, or fled during the movement phase, but you know with the special room may make a reserve move at the end of the shooting phase of its turn. Yeah, after it, all shooting has been resolved. So you could move, shoot, and then move again with reserve move because it says march, charge, dope. or... What was it? March, charge, or... Fled. Yep. And you can maneuver normally, so it sounds like you can also do like a, a reform and... Uh, change your change your ranks and your positions and stuff, which is super nice. Yeah, uh, but what that crazy good. What that really means, which I really like a lot, is I have move or shoot handguns, right? So I can reserve move by not having done anything in the movement phase, shoot them, and then move, which is super dope. I like that a lot. <clears throat> stomps, stomps used to be brutal. Stomp, 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 stomp. Yeah. So stomps back in the day, Tim, were if your character ha- was a what monstrous infantry or potentially even monstrous cavalry or a monster, you got stomps. And they were an automatic hit that happened after all other attacks were resolved. They're uh, like, just a f- go they're, ahead. They're like opposite of impact hits. It's like the same thing, but they happen at the end. So you got to survive the combat to get your stomps. Right. Um, so now they're specific to a unit and not a unit type. So... Uh, not all monstrous infantry have stomps anymore, which is super nice. Um, it'll it'll say it. Uh, this unit has stomp, or it'll say like stomp one or something like that. And thunder stomps only for behemoths, which is nice. So, so thunder stomps used to be if you're a monster, you have thunder stomp. D six automatic hits at its strength, which is brutal. And now it's only for behemoths by the looks of it, and it's a minus two AP, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I see yeah. Dan's deleting some stuff on our on our thing here. Well, I, I was just wrong about that. I think I just misread the Monster Slayer thing where it said unit if it's a unit type monster, um I got that mixed up with monstrous creature. Shocking, right? Um so it looks like monstrous I can't find anything that says it doesn't work on Behemoth. So uh strike that from your memories. I didn't say that. <laughs> that never happened. Consider it forgotten. Good job. Good job. Um I'm strike really first this. and strike last work differently now. Uh, which I like as a high elf player, I like this a lot. Um, so strike first, uh, you set your initiative at the start of the combat, you set your initiative to 10. Um, or if you have strike last, you set your initiative to one. But that's before any modifiers. Like you get uh, initiative yeah. bonus for charging now. So like my 
uh, uh, white lions with their great weapon, great axes. They charge in. They can get up to plus three initiative. Uh, depends on how far you charge. I got to uh, read those rules in more detail. But I know you can get uh, up to plus three. And high elves have a rule where they always just get plus one initiative in the first round of combat. So my great weapons are still going to be could be going at up to initiative four. Sir, I don't know if you know this. With but strike you're, last. You're chasing great blade. Oh, oh, it does have strike last. Yes. I was like, I don't think they strike last. My hammerers, their great hammers don't have always strike last. What? No. Oh, uh-uh, no. <laughs> well, you're initiative two. Who cares? That's stupid. Uh, I hate you. It's... I hate that. <laughs> You can't just say that to people. I don't hate you. I hate that people by the. I'm so upset. (laughs) Well, here's the good news: your swords of Hoeth for your swords master don't have strike last. Yes, the swords of Hoeth are so good. Yeah, they're broken good. (laughs) Um, I don't. They might be Illithmar weapons too, which means they reroll ones uh, to to hit. Whoa! You have the same thing as Gromril. Whoa. That's Why are you dumb. copying me? It. We had Illithmar before you had Gromril. Well, that's your problem, not mine. Change your rules. Well, have you considered doing that? You could change your ways. I did, <laughs> I did not consider that because I like that rule for me. I mean, that's totally fair. I'm just glad that they don't all have always strikes first. Yeah, and, and they toned it down. Like, uh, if they did all have strikes first, it, it wouldn't be as crazy as it was because they all have really high initiative anyway. And there's no additional bonus to that. Yeah. Like it's still good. You're still attacking first most of the time, which is a big deal now. Uh, more of a, it's a better, you know, it's a bigger deal than it used to be. Correct. Uh, but you know, there's not the additional, Oh, if your initiative is equal to or higher, you get to reroll all failed hit rolls. That was, Oh my gosh, man. So stupidly broken. It was so broken. I will fully admit it. High elves were just way too much. All elves. All elves were too much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a way, the dark elves were almost worse in that way. Yes. Well, dark elves always had a special rule that they needed and then three extra, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but no, that's super wonderful. Um, stubborn, man. This is my rule. I'm so incredibly happy they changed this. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the one where you can't, you just get an additional, right? Let me reread it because I know it works similarly to what it used to be, but it's not as game breaking by any means. So the first time, first time, only the first time the units uh, required to make a break test, it may choose not to and will automatically fall back in good order, right? So this isn't the, this isn't the two inch move. This is turn around, run away, and then turn back around. I missed that only the first time this unit. Yep, even if the unit strike of the winning side is more than twice uh, that of the losing side, a unit that is not stubborn does not become stubborn when joined by a character that is. A stubborn character cannot use this special rule while it's part of a unit that's not. That's So okay. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so the, once... the first time I'm required, I can just be like, nope, I'm going to go over here, and you guys figure it out. So my big thing with stubborn is that the rule itself wasn't that bad. It was how often you could get it in 8th edition. Yeah. It was like every combat one of the units was going to be stubborn. It was so dumb. And now it's just, it it does a pretty much the same thing, but only doing it once. And I think it's just going to be a lot rarer. Like in High Elves, the only unit that has this is uh, White Lions. And I think they only gotcha. get it like if a character is with them. Yeah. And I mean, as a dwarf, I have like 
maybe two units of it, I think, that are stubborn. Um, and some of them are condition-based. So, like, hammers, I think, can get it if they have a lord in it, but I'll have to double-check that. Um, but the nice thing about stubborn is it also... It, it also kind of opens up the the possibility of, like, I, if you charged me, I could just be like, I don't care if I lost. I'm just going to turn around and run away. Hopefully I roll a three or higher, and then I'm just going to charge you the next turn with all these sorts of buffs. Yeah. Um, it's also great for positioning, which is the number one thing in this game. Movement is key, mm-hmm. right? If I run away from you and you have a way to, like, follow up somehow, then your flanks are now exposed. You know what I mean? Which is super fantastic. Okay, so uh, but, white lions just are stubborn. There's a, a an honor a high elf character can take uh, be a Tracian hunter and become stubborn as well. Gotcha. And I think that's the only the only way you can get it in this army. There's only two units that can possibly have it. So it's much rarer than it used to be, even though it's still real good. Yep. I'm not running away. I'm not running away. Boo. So on that note, Unbreakable is a little bit different as well. Uh, Unbreakable... Yeah. They don't take a break test. They automatically give ground, which is the two-inch backup. Which is still huge. You're not going to chase them down and destroy the whole unit. Correct. Um, I mean, the nice thing, again, is maneuvers. You, you get more maneuvers out of it. Yes. You know? Another thing that goes along with that I thought was really interesting is that the unstable rule that um, undead and demons have does not automatically give the unit unbreakable anymore. Yeah, like they used that's to be just true. be part of the unstable rule. It's inclu- like demons still have like if they have the demonic special rule, they are unbreakable, but it's not granted by unstable like it used to be. So that's just a tiny change. Um, so unstable, Tim, you'd be you'll uh, be familiar with this uh, from yeah. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay with um, like ethereal creatures. Oh, um, you uh, encountered like a like the banshee you guys had to fight. Um, where you couldn't hurt it because you didn't have magical weapons, uh, but you know, outnumbering it in combat and things like that hurt it. Um, so that's the same thing that was taken from here, where unstable units, undead and demons, they take more. Instead of running away from combat, they take damage based on how much they lose combat by. Which you're okay. going to become very familiar to with, <laughs> because almost every undead and demon and demons, yeah, role. yeah. Um, but yep. what's nice is that's still modified by, like, if you have um, your general nearby giving them their leadership and those kind of things. So, like, if you lose combat by two, you lose two models, right? Or you take two wounds, depending on what the unit is there. And a lot of them have un- uh, rules that mitigate that a little bit. Um, like, I know, like, the the Necrolith Colossus has a rule that reduces that by one or two. And I'm sure you'll have, like, magical standards that reduce the damage you take from that as well. Absolutely. But I, I love how they include things like that to really make undead and demons feel different from other armies. Like your your you know, your mindless skeletons aren't gonna run away from combat. So Right, exactly. So to kind of balance that out, they can just lose more models by losing combat. I actually like that quite a bit, especially being used to Tyranids, right, in 40k and being in Synapse all the time and never having to worry about leadership roles. I'm glad that I also still kind of don't have to worry about it. It's just different. There you go. Another place you don't have to roll the dice because you're just not going (laughs) to run away anyway. Correct. (laughs) Master not rolling dice, this guy. Um, So speaking of undead... No, I'm just a master at rolling dice poorly, so I look for any (laughs) advantage I can, and usually that advantage is me not rolling a die. That's very true. Yeah, it's perfect. I was going to say, to go along with Undeads and Demons... 
undeads and demons. Uh, fear <laughs> works a little bit differently now. Um, to actually cause fear in another unit, you have to have the fear special rule and have a higher unit strength, uh, which is now, we mentioned it before, but a good point to talk about unit strength because Tim is probably like, wait, what? How is that different? Um, so this... Whoa, hold up. Wait, how's that different? <laughs> so this is another <laughs> blast from the past rule uh, where unit strength is a measure of like, I kind of wish they had given it a different term because strength is already a characteristic in the game. Unit strength yeah. is based on the unit type. So like a unit of 20 infantry will have a unit strength of 20. Um, infantry have a unit strength of one per model. Uh, if it's monstrous, Infantry or monstrous cavalry, they have a unit strength of three. And if they're a monster, their unit strength is just how many wounds they have. Uh, They're starting wounds. Not to be confused with unit size, which is the actual number of minis that are in the unit. (laughs) Right. Um, So, like, unit strength is important in a lot of different places, like fear. Um, It can affect things like your break test. Um, Uh, Disrupting Disrupting. Uh, so the disrupting means that they don't get their rank bonus to combat resolution. Super important, obviously. Yep. Um, so high unit strength is going to be important, um, which could lead to bigger units, but I don't think it's going to be game breaking. Well, the big... So to put it in, into different words, it's not necessarily about the unit size. It's about the length of the unit strength. Correct. Exactly. If the length okay. of the strength is is big, then that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Yep. For sure. So usually <laughs> ogres, for example, just another great example here, usually take like nine iron guts. You know what I mean? It's called a gut bus. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's probably good. not anymore um, though. Uh, correct. Cause then you'll be in marching order. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a gut bus is nine miniatures. So if they go up against 20 spearmen, 20 versus nine miniatures, that's not really a good representation, right? Because ogres are the size of essentially of four different models but it's three they they base it down to three so their unit strength is three per mini so you do nine times three because there's three uh unit strength per every miniature there's nine miniatures what's that 27 Mm -hmm. so they actually outnumber in unit strength their their unit strength is higher ogres usually cause fear just because they're giant and scary yeah so going up against 20 spearmen the spearmen would have to take a fear test gotcha right um, uh, so well, fear... I forgot one of those. Um, or I forgot two. Cavalry has unit strength two per mini, uh, even though they only have one wound typically uh, to represent like the the force they have being mounted. And then chariots, light chariots have a unit strength of three per model, and heavy chariots have a unit strength of five. Pretty dope. Uh, so fear is not nearly as horrible either because you don't go down to weapon skill one. You're just minus one, I think, to hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fear was another one of those that was way overdone. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen as often now, um, but I don't see that as a terrible thing. So like fear, yeah. so you have to have fear and have a higher unit strength than your opponent. Uh, then they make a fear test, which is a psychology test, which is a leadership test. Um there can be modifiers to it, but not very often. So, like, um, if you fail a fear test, any models in the unit that direct their attacks against the fear... Oh, no, that was a different modifier. Uh, you just get minus one to hit them. Uh, but yep. you only ever make one fear test per turn. Yeah, no, so, yes. like, if you have three units you're in combat with that cause fear, you only have to take one. 
Yep. So, uh, and if you go to charge a unit that has that causes fear and is a higher unit strength, and you fail your fear test, you cannot charge them. You count as failing your charge. Too scared. Stop in your tracks. Yep. Poop your pants. Uh, Happens. Well, so with charging, another thing I noticed is a big, big change is the Vanguard special rule. So after deployment, units with this special rule may make a Vanguard oh, yeah. move. A unit making a Vanguard move moves as described in the basic movement rules. It may maneuver normally but cannot march. If both armies contain Vanguard units, you roll off to see who does that first. So you get a movement before the game starts. There used to be a stipulation that you could not, if you used your Vanguard move, you could not charge turn one. I don't see that limitation anymore. Here's why. Because okay. Vanguard used to be a 12-inch move if you had the rule. Okay. It I used assume to be it's a just foot. a normal move. Now it is just one move using your movement characteristic. I mean, that can still be really far. Because things that have Vanguard are typically things that are quick. Like, um, let's see. Where did I see it? Oh. I would assume my uh, Illyrian Reavers would have that as light cavalry. But I don't see it there. Yeah, but it might be somewhere else. They're fast cavalry, so it might be part of the fast cavalry rules. Could be. But here's the thing. You know, the, what? Their hor elven horses are movement 10 still? Nine. Are they nine? nine? So they're movement nine. You're no longer rolling 3d6, adding the two highest, plus, you, you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, they're swift like stride, so they're rolling all kinds of stuff. Right? Uh, but I, you swift stride, I think, is a maximum plus three inches. I think. Well, swift no swift stride is crazy good it's you roll 2d6 take the highest as usual plus three inches plus d6 plus three inches plus d6 i'll have to double check it but i've that sounds familiar well that's dumb and i hate it <laughs> <laughs> let me scroll back down to swift stride Increases um, its maximum possible charge range by three inches, and oh, so your oh, maximum, maximum possible. possible. Okay, so they can potentially charge. They have the ability to charge farther than usual. So um, it is. It is still essentially three d six. Take the two highest. <laughs> what? No, that's not true. You roll two d six. Take the highest. Roll another d six and add that. Yes. Yep. So. And this is when it makes a charge, flee, or pursuit roll. So they're really good at chasing yeah. things down as well. Uh, and we've got one more special rule here that I want to go over just because I'm a little upset by it, but it makes so much sense. And that's okay. timber. Timber. So, Tim, just for a little backstory, uh, giants used to have this great rule when they died or if they walked <laughs> over a wall or you like or they lost combat or they jumped up and down. They are just so big and stupid that they could just fall over. Right. Dope. All right. Yes. So they, they had this thing. It was called the Fallen Giant template. Okay. So if you fall over, you rolled the just the air, the scatter die, the die with the arrow on it. And you would place the template on the model's base in the direction, facing in the direction that the arrow was rolled. Anything under the template got hit. That no longer happens. Uh, essentially, what is it, Dan? You choose one of the fighting ranks uh, of the of the unit that it's in combat with. Uh, and, so uh, you, you first you roll off to see who chooses which way it falls. Yep. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Okay, that's not nearly as fun. Yeah. So you, you your giant gets knocked over. You might not get to choose the way it goes because he might stumble the wrong way because he's probably drunk anyway. Yeah. So they choose one of its arcs, front flank or rear, 
for it to fall into. Any units that are within the chosen arc and in base contact suffer D6 hits using the strength of the model AP minus one. Once the hits are resolved, it's removed from play. So that only happens when it's reduced to zero wounds. I don't know if giants have a special rule that have it happen like during their attacks or anything like they used to. Um, I have not looked at the the Ooh. giant attack template. Or go ahead. Know who has giants? Ogres. Who's that? Ogres do. Take a look. Timber. So, there it is. In yeah, it's got timber. Uh, special rules. Does it still have stick up, uh, pick up and stick down? Oh, of course it has pick up <laughs> and. Uh, so giants is super fun, Tim. They don't roll typical attacks. Uh, you just roll a t- on a table to see what the giant does. Anything from Edbutt, Belly Flop, oh, that's a new one, Mighty Swing, Thump with Club, or Jump Up and Down. Oh, they got rid of Yell and Ball. Uh, And and then if you roll Pick Up and, then you have to see what it does from there. Uh, There used to be another table you'd roll on, and it was um, Squish, and they would just crush the model in their hand and it just died, or or stick in their (laughs) pants. Or, Excuse you? Yes. <laughs> stick down your pants. And then if the giant died, you could get the model back. <laughs> so good. Wait. <clears throat> hold on. Roll that back. <laughs> the giants used to be able to just pick, point oh, at a model. It made me really like it. Out, huh? And the, I think the rule said it put it like in, in a bag, but we were all like, Nick, no, he's down his pants. Uh, and then if the giant died, the, the model would crawl back out of the giant. Yeah, because it actually get killed. It just got stuck in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible uh so the new pickup and instead of attacking normally during the combat phase uh a giant that is engaged blah, 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 with infantry can choose to make a pickup and attack to make a pickup and attack nominate an enemy unit uh yeah okay uh ma- the unit makes an, an initiative test yep, so you have to roll your initiative or lower to try uh, to jump out of the way. If the test has failed, a victim is picked up by the giant. What happens next does not bear thinking about whatever it is. A single model belonging to the target unit is immediately removed from play as a casualty. Oh, if so you the, just put him in his pants. <laughs> if the test is passed, oh, easy. the warriors manage to duck and dodge away from the giant's grasping hands. No one is picked up and the attack has no effect. Next, roll a d6. On a 1 through 3, the giant forgets what it's doing and makes no further attacks. On a 4 plus, <laughs> the giant attempts to pick up another enemy. <laughs> This continues until the giant forgets what it's doing and stops making attacks or until its pants are full of enemy models. <laughs> it, I added that. Or until the target unit is destroyed. I love giants so much. Uh, so, let's see. It, nominate an enemy unit. Okay, so you can't, like, pick out characters with that, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like you just pick up one of the minis. Which I'm a little surprised because... There's there's a big risk and reward there. If you were to pick a, a character, almost certainly they're going to have a, a better initiative than the units. So you have a much lower chance of it. But if you actually remove them, would be devastating. Hilarious. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. So giant giants are awesome. Giants are so much fun. Uh, you you just can't rely on them to be good. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes they are. Sometimes they're so- terrible. I want you to look, uh, jump up and down. Do, do they still have the uh, uh, potential to just fall over? Uh, I'm going to guess not because the the timber rule had that it, once it fell over, it died. Uh, but I will double check. Giant jumps up around, kicking and flattening the enemy for this attack. The giant does not use its club. Instead, the target unit suffers D6 plus one hits, each using the strength oh, characteristic of the model with no armor save permitted. Warden regeneration saves can be attempted as normal. So, no, he can't. Yeah, I th- potentially fall over because yeah, they used to have a rule too if they stepped over terrain they could fall over 
Yeah, it was so good. Well, folks, I, I, I think that was a great look through uh, some of our some of Dan's specifically favorite special rules and different changes. Oh, um, so good. I, I, I'm so excited about getting minis on the table here Woo! soon. This is going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, get ready for episode four here coming out next week, as well as hopefully soon we'll get some old world battle reports up on the YouTube. Go ahead to our YouTube, which should be in the show notes, and give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, or you can just go over to professionalcasual.com and find everything that we do. We've got blogs. We've got uh, posts that are going up all the time. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of different podcasts. There's so much going on on that website, uh, as well as our Discord, uh, which will also be linked in the show notes. Uh, did I miss anything, Dad? I don't believe so. All right. Professionalcasual.com. Dot com. It's on the well, YouTube. <laughs> Uh, Well, thanks for being here, uh, you two, and we will see you next week. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.